0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. So we have Kelsey Tibbins, who is the current production stage manager of the tour of The Prom. Um, Before this tour, she has worked on other tours like Once on This Island, Finding Neverland, A Bronx Tale, Beauty and the Beast, Shrek the Musical, and so many more. Um, So I haven't had the opportunity to chat with this production stage manager in a long time. So I'm so excited to pull back the curtain on that side of performance. Hi, Kelsey.
1: Hi, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, I'm excited to be here.
0: Well, thank you for being here. I'm so happy to get to dive into this because the prom is beautiful. Um, Yeah. So can you start by giving a rundown of your career and how you
1: got to where you are? Absolutely. So I started out, uh, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. My dad was a drummer. And so as a kid, I got to tag along to all of his different gigs. And the theater gigs were always my favorite. So I did theater all throughout middle and high school. And then I went to the University of North Carolina School of the Arts for stage management. Um, and from there, I've been touring ever since for the last 10 years. So on, you know, various shows, I got my start on the show Shrek the Musical in China. Actually, that was my introduction to touring was going to Shanghai, China and starting over there. And then from there, one tour has led to the other. And here I am on the prom.
0: Yeah. And you talk about Shrek. I love <laughs> Shrek so much. Um, what is your favorite song from Shrek?
1: Oh my goodness. Who I'd Be, obviously. I feel like that's a natural choice. Yes. We totally agree on that one.
0: Oh, It's just,
1: it's so beautiful.
0: I was jamming out to it with my friends on FaceTime last night. I screen shared and listened to that song. <laughs> oh.
1: I love it. I love it. And yeah, that was a long time ago, but that show has a piece of my heart for sure.
0: Yeah. So we're here to talk about The Prom because it's glorious. Um, How did you get um, your position on the tour?
1: Yeah, so I was recommended for the tour by Networks Presentations, which is the producing company of The Prom. And I interviewed with Casey Nicola, the director, and I guess, you know, he liked me all right, and here we are. And then we, you know, hit the ground running with pre-production and then rehearsal and opened November 2nd, and we've been on the road ever since.
0: And the story is so moving. Um, why do you think it's important that this is touring and going to audiences that need it?
1: Yeah, I think what's so wonderful is about touring in general is that stories get to reach people who might not ordinarily get to see them, you know? Not everyone gets a chance to make it to New York. And so we get to bring the shows to audiences across the country. And I think a show like The Prom is so important because, you know, it talks about Inclusivity and diversity and acceptance and that's such an important message that everyone needs to hear and everyone can relate to and I just think it's it's so wonderful that we have the chance to go all across the country with this story.
0: And I interviewed um, one of your swings, Lexi, and then um, Brayden, who just got injured, which is awful. Um, yeah. But I asked them about tips for the road and um, what they would tell people to, that are going into tours that want to be prepared. Do you have any tips or like things that you say to bring?
1: Yeah, so I think that you have to be prepared for that hotel life, as we as we say. Um, and for me, cooking is such a big part of that and figuring out how to cook in hotel rooms. Um, I make a mean coffee maker ramen noodle soup, you know, not to brag, but I'm pretty good at that. Um, I travel a little hot skillet so that I can cook my own food in, in the rooms. And uh, I like to have candles so that it kind of smells more homey in the room. Um, I bring a blanket and a pillow from home so that the beds feel a little less foreign every time you go to a new place. Um, to me, you know, in the 10 years that I've been on the road, those things have been the most important is just trying to make it feel as much like a home as you can. You know, When everything else is changing, you wanna have some things that are consistent.
0: And as the production stage manager, do you call each performance or is that up to one of the other SMs on your team?
1: I don't call each performance. So typically what happens is I will call the first one or two shows in a new venue. Um, I have two assistants. One assistant focuses on stage left and the other assistant focuses on stage right for those opening couple of shows, helping to train the locals in the new venues about, you know, all the operations. And then what happens for the rest of the week is that we alternate. So they will call the show and be one person on deck. We just call it the one deck when there's only one stage manager needed on deck. So they'll alternate throughout the week and I get to watch the show and note it for artistic integrity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'll, I'll call the final show of a week. But usually, so usually I call about three three or four shows a week.
0: Yeah. Um, and you talked about integrity and Um, keeping it consistent, and that is a very hard thing, especially on tour when you're going to new venues. Um, How do you navigate that with your team and with the cast to make sure that you're delivering the same performance for month after month?
1: That's a great question. You know, I think that first and foremost, um, we look at the artistic integrity of the physical production when we're loading into a new space. It's always a little bit of a battle trying to make everything lighting-wise and audio-wise and scenically look sound and feel the same everywhere we go. Um, and we sort of navigate that during the load in process. Then during the course of the week, we have our dance captains who are fantastic and they're responsible for maintaining the artistic integrity of the choreography. And they'll watch the show and they'll give notes throughout the week. Same with our music director, you know, he, he notes the show throughout the week for the music. Um, me, I get to watch the show two or three times a week And I give notes to the performers, but also to the stage crew. You know, if something sounds a little funky or if, you know, that light cue just isn't landing right in this venue for whatever reason, we'll talk it over and we'll make some adjustments and maintain that artistic integrity that way. So, yeah, it's kind of a, it ebbs and flows with, with each new venue. And, you know, it also depends on who's in the show. We've had a lot of people in and out of the show. In the last few months, with um, injuries or illnesses, and yeah, it's just about you know adapting to every new challenge as it comes. And are those type of conversations
0: like you have a scheduled meeting in a venue to make sure everything is going okay, or um, is that like a conversation that you go up and have um, when you have time?
1: Yeah, so it's a little of both. Um, at a new venue we always have what we call our cast orientation meeting and at that meeting i will explain to the company what's different in this venue that we know about um for example we're playing a venue where the wardrobe gondolas where they make all the costume quick changes those are located downstairs instead of on the deck so we talk about those types of things during that orientation meeting and talk about okay so your quick change is going to have to be downstairs or your quick change is actually going to be out of a laundry basket on stage left when normally you would change in the wardrobe gondolas. So we have those kind of conversations weekly at the start of a new venue. And then, you know, I check in with the crew on a daily basis before the show. And we talk about any notes from the night before, technically speaking. And then if there are any notes that happened, you know, for the performers, we just talk about those individually as well as they happen.
0: Yeah. So you talked about having your um, company meeting and from past experiences where I've um, stage managed or assistant directed for local shows, I find it hard for um, myself to find the power or like um, voice to be able to talk to people and communicate. So do you have any tips for people wanting to um, work their way more into stage management and um, get a voice for themselves in the production?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. I think It begins with having the confidence in yourself and in your own abilities and just knowing that you're good at your job. I know that's a really difficult thing for some people to know and to feel. But, you know, if you've done your homework and you're prepared, you just have to own it. And I think as well, um, you know, that old saying about you can't manage a group, you manage individuals. I think that's so true. I think it's not about, you know, commanding a room and being in charge as much as it is about being able to connect with individuals and being able to know, okay, when I need to give a note to so-and-so, I know how to approach them because I already have a specific individual relationship with that person. And I think creating those individual relationships with certain people really helps build that respect and helps build that trust. And so the company has that trust in you. And so when you do need to speak to the group they listen because they know that you have their best interest in mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you also have some experience with um, production management on that side of um, tours and shows in general. Um, What is that role?
1: Yeah, so it's so different depending on if we're talking about production management for a tour or production management for a regional theater. But in general, it's um, being responsible for the technical aspects of a show and making sure everything comes together technically in the creative process and going into the technical rehearsal process. You know, it's helping to facilitate communication between all the different designers and the director and making sure everyone's on the same page before you load into a theater, you know, into a new space. Um, it's a lot of budgeting on that side of things and it's a lot of... Um, Yeah, just coordinating the labor of who's going to help physically build everything and load everything in. So it's similar to stage management in terms of facilitating communication and sort of being that link between different departments.
0: Since you are an equity tour, um, I feel like both of those jobs, you have a lot of guidelines to follow as far as that. What are some things that you have to learn going into working on equity productions as a stage manager?
1: Oh, sure. Um, there are, I mean, there are many different rules and regulations um, as being part of an equity show. Um, there are rule books for each individual contract. Um, there are things like, you know, uh, we take breaks, five minute a five-minute break after 55 minutes of rehearsal or to a 10-minute break after an hour 20 of rehearsal. There are rules about, you know, how long the rehearsal day can be, how many rehearsal hours a week you can rehearse, things like that, which is important for me to know because when I'm scheduling rehearsals and everything for the week, I, I look at that and I say, okay, well, this person can only rehearse this many hours this week. Otherwise they're in overtime. You know, this person can rehearse a little bit longer because they're an understudy. And if you're an understudy, you get four extra hours of rehearsal a week, things like that. So it's just about, you know, familiarizing yourself with, with the different rule books, um, that pertain to each production.
0: That's so interesting. Um, yeah. So from the moment that you get a job on a show, what are your steps to read through the script and then get all your stuff organized for rehearsals and then into opening night?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, For me, because I usually work on musicals, my first step, I listen to the cast recording um, nonstop. Constantly. If I'm showering, I have it playing. If I'm getting ready in the morning, I have it playing. If I'm cooking dinner, I have it playing. I think the more you can familiarize yourself with the material, the the better off you're going to be. So I start with that. Um, Reading the script, obviously. I like to talk to the director and figure out exactly what their expectations are for the first day of rehearsal and figuring out what type of dynamic they prefer with the stage manager. You know, there are some directors that really like to take the reins and do most of the leading of the room themselves. And they prefer a stage manager who's more of a supporting background character. There are other directors who really prefer a stage manager to drive a room um, and to be the face of things. And so I like to familiarize myself with the director's style. Um, And then, yeah, getting ready for the first day of rehearsal. I'm such a list person. I write everything down. Me I take well. all sorts of notes. Yeah, <laughs> I have to. I'm a, I'm a paper and pen kind of girl, so you know I, I haven't gotten on the digital digital bandwagon there. But so I, I have all my notes, my to-do lists, my checklists. I revise my to-do list every morning, uh, going into the the day, and then in the rehearsal process, you know, it's it's a little bit of a lot of different things. It's it's about running the room and maintaining the room, and it's also about taking a whole bunch of notes about all the things that happen during the day. Um, And it's also about, you know, making sure you're learning as much as you can about the show as it, as it progresses so that you can be that liaison between all the different departments. So you're kind of like studying while you're running the room as well. Then during the technical rehearsal process, you're putting together all of the pieces along with all of the different departments. Um, It's my favorite part of the process because it's, It's kind of like, uh, I have a friend who calls it poetry in motion, (laughs) which I love, Um, but it's about taking the director's vision and fusing all of the different moving parts and pieces and lighting cues together with the music and making it all come together, um, which I think is really beautiful. And as the stage manager, you really get a hand in facilitating all of that. Um, Yeah. And then, you know opening night, running the show.
0: Yeah, so I know as far as actors, there's um, a half hour, which is their usual call time other than rehearsals and stuff like that. Um, For you and your teams, what are your call times and hours that you're at the theater?
1: Hours that we're at the theater, it depends on the day, (laughs) or it depends on the week. Um, But normally, so for a show, we usually come in one hour before half hour, so an hour and a half before curtain which is when the crew is in. We'll show up probably a little before then because we come up with uh, what we call the in-out, which is it's a little slip of paper that has who's in and out of the performance as well as any notes that pertain to everybody. We'll come up with that piece of paper and we'll distribute that to the crew as the crew is starting work at hour before half. Um, And then during that time, we are going around to the different departments and giving notes and getting prepared for the day. um, If there's any... You know, if there's any split track things that are happening, which is when we have multiple people out and not enough people to cover all the people that are out. We do what's called a split track, which is where our swings or our understudies cover multiple different roles all at once. So we'll we'll work on those while we're at the theater as well. Um, addition, in addition to that, we have rehearsals, lots of afternoons. Um, so a typical week, Monday is travel day. Tuesday is load-in day, so it starts at around six a.m. and we're at the theater from six a.m. until the show is over at night, um, doing load-in and doing the show. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, usually it's just evening show times, and in those afternoons, those are rehearsals, and often those are twelve to five. So you'll show up to the theater at eleven thirty, and usually we stay the whole time, stay through that dinner break, and then go straight into show call. Um, then Saturday and Sunday, we usually have two shows each. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of a lot of time at the theater, depending on what's going on in the week. There are some weeks that we don't have rehearsal, but a lot of times we have rehearsal just for brush up purposes or for understudies or for new company members like this week.
0: And um, you mentioned um, swings going on and having split tracks. In my interview with Lexi, um, we talked about um, DC where um, they had to restage the show. Mm-hmm. What did that look like from your perspective of being able to continue the show and keep it up on its feet?
1: Absolutely. That's a great question. I think when someone calls out, I look at the numbers. I look at the sheets. I look at the paper and I figure out, okay, can we still do the show? Can we, do we have enough understudies? Do we have enough bodies? Yes, we can. Okay, great. Then I'm on the phone with the dance captains like Lexi uh, and Josh figuring out, okay, how do we make the show look good when we're down so many people um, how can we keep that artistic integrity and tell a great story when we're down a bunch of people? And it's quite fascinating actually, um, what the dance captains do because they do a lot of respacing, and the formations for the choreography are so beautiful to begin with. But then when you're missing a bunch of people, you have to recreate those formations so that it still looks beautiful and still tells that story. And then on my end, it's, reassigning some lines sometimes. As you know, in the prom, there are a lot of ensemble members who have featured parts. And so when we're down a bunch of people, it's like, okay, you so-and-so in the ensemble, can you actually take this line today? Can you actually, instead of crossing from stage right to stage left, I'm going to keep you on stage. And can you take this part today? Um, Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. I mean, I don't, I don't hope that we're down a lot of people ever, you know, but when it does happen, it's it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool experience. It really um, highlights the collaborative nature of theater because we all have to come together and work as a team and figure out how we're gonna put on this show.
0: Absolutely. That's fascinating. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And you guys make it work, like wonderful team effort.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: getting into some of my final questions, um, do you think that your um, education at uh, University of, was it North Carolina? Yes. Um, Do you think that was more beneficial or your experience on the road continuing to do tours?
1: Oh, goodness. I think it's, it's both, honestly. I think that the program at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts is so extraordinary. And it really prepared me for, a career in stage management, absolutely, without a doubt. I think that part of the beauty of life and also theater is that there are always new things to learn. So I think that, you know, continuing on the road in the last 10 years, I'm, I'm constantly learning. I'm learning all the time um, how to be better at my job, how to be better as a person, <laughs> you know, um, just constantly learning and growing and evolving. And I think that's so important. So, you know, I would say I learned a ton at school and I've learned a ton on the road. I love
0: hearing those answers. I will never stop asking it. Um, <laughs> so after the pandemic, what was your first show that you either got to see or got to work on?
1: Yeah, great question. So sort of during the pandemic, while the pandemic was still happening, I actually got to direct a production of Once on this Island. That's um, exciting. In, yeah, in my hometown of Jacksonville, Florida. There's a community theater there called Players by the Sea and they wanted to do a production that was fully masked and they wanted to film it and stream it um, for audiences to watch. And that was fascinating because I had just come off of the tour of Once on this Island, um, which was canceled when, you know, the pandemic started. And I reached out to that director, Michael Arden, and I said, this is a weird question, but I've been approached about directing a production of Once on this Island. How would you feel about that? And he was like, go for it, girl. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, so it was just so cool to get to put my own spin on that story um, and get to tell it in my hometown. And, you know, it was widely available for anyone who wanted to stream it, which is fascinating. Yeah. Um, and then after, after that, you know, the next big project that I worked on was the prom.
0: And once on this island, those two shows are both so beautiful. Oh my goodness. Those stories are so powerful. Oh, good choice on work.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I got, I got lucky for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap up?
1: No, I, I don't think so. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here, it was so exciting to get to hear your side of the prom and taking a lot of people to prom every single night and every single week in new cities.
1: Absolutely.
0: Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast will go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening?